Our next guest on the Shooters Touch this week is another state champion head basketball coach here in the state of Iowa. The former recently retired head coach at Norwalk High School, Chris Larson. As I mentioned, Chris recently retired after 24 years and 343 career wins. He coached some great teams at Norwalk, most notably his state championship team with Bowen Bourne at the point guard spot, who is currently playing at the University of Northern Iowa, has some great role players who really filled their roles. We talked to him some about that at how wouldn't have been able to win that state championship unless those role players did their job and enjoyed their job. He's a wealth of knowledge on the basketball end. We talked to him about his philosophy, essentially building the program at Norwalk from the ground up, how it played out, how he thought it was going to go, and how it ended up going. He has a very interesting connection to the Drake Bulldogs here in town, as well as Vets Auditorium. So we think you guys will enjoy that story as well. As mentioned, without further ado, here is Chris Larson. I got the shooter's touch. Can't nobody shoot like me. Fourth quarter down three, need a two and one. Better call on me, better call on me. If you know you need a shooter, I'm ice cold like a cooler. Get you right though, I can tutor. This that mic flow, I'm a hooper. I got blue faces. Welcome to the podcast, coach. Thanks for having me on, guys. This is exciting. Yeah, we're excited to have you. First off, we were talking a little off air, but uh, how's the family? How's everybody uh, doing down in Norwalk? <laughs> everybody is wonderful. I, I was just telling you, we're, we're busy with uh, spring sports getting started. And so I got my heavy jacket out tonight and uh, braved the weather. And it's, it's great, though, um, and excited to, to spend some time with my family. And uh, all is good. And you, you mentioned you have a little bit of a unique situation. You got uh, tw- twin daughters who are playing multiple sports and going all over the place, huh? Yeah, so I have twin girls who are in ninth grade, and then my son is a 12th grader, so he's on the tail end, and they're just starting their stuff. And uh, But yeah, I have my, my daughters are, one's dual sporting in soccer and track, and the other one's playing tennis, and then my son runs track. So we uh, they're keeping us busy. Uh, it, it, it's good for us, though. Keeps us young. Yeah, absolutely. Well, before we get into your story, I got to know, is there, can I squeeze any, anything positive to say about uh, Lee Nelson before we get too far <laughs> in this? Yeah, I think we've crossed that, you know, this is, this is kind of, I was looking forward to talking to you guys because, uh, well, and I think you get older like me and you've just crossed paths with a lot of people. And uh, yeah, I figured there'd be a few names that I, I could, uh, could take some shots at here. So this is going to be fun. Uh, Lee is always easy to take a little shot at. So I, I, I was thinking that you guys were at the about the same time. Um, but no, Lee actually got to know him when he was at Norwalk. You know, he coached our eighth grade team. Yep. Um, and uh, we hit it off. He is such a good basketball coach and now obviously doing a great job as an athletic director and just uh, so good for kids. And uh, but at the same time, like, it, is this like a Warburg thing too, though? He loves the podcast too. You guys, yeah. it, it must be something. And I was telling you before we got on there, my son's going to Warburg. So, uh, and everybody I, I know from Warburg, I seem to like. So it must be a, a wonderful place. <laughs> That's it's a good sign. No, Lee was, <laughs> Lee, was, Lee was best man at my wedding. So uh, we are we are very close. And uh, I figured I didn't. No, I did not know that. Uh, Yep. I knew you have quite a crew that you guys kind of chum around with, but I didn't know it was, it yep. was that. So. Yep. No, absolutely. So I figured Lee, Lee's one that uh, you remember. So I knew that you would have uh, at least a, a thing or two to say about him. So No, he's, well, 
If if we had the whole time, I could probably tell you a couple other stories, but uh, mostly would just be him gloating about how great he is. So <laughs> that that would probably that would probably take up most of the time. That that sounds about right. But probably a little, <laughs> probably a little bit easier to say something nice about a uh, uh, coach who actually went up to Algona. Uh, Normal Glaflin was with you before, before he went up to Algona. Yeah, you know, so he would he came to Algona right after you, if I'm correct. Yep. Would it would have that been right? Yep. Yeah. And so um Noel was um the Indianola girls coach for a couple of years. So um kind of some crossovers, you know, Lee's now at Indianola. Um, but Noel was was the Indianola girls coach, um, played for a, kind of a legendary coach up at Ballard named uh Coach Schaefer, Larry Schaefer. And then um, got involved in coaching and uh, a, a good mutual friend of, of ours who is really uh, a, a legend kind of in, the, in Iowa now, Tom McDonald, is um, just kind of connected to everyone in basketball. But um, so Tom was an assistant coach at Drake when I was there and we ran a lot of the camps together um, when I was finishing up at Drake. And uh, so he knew Noel from Ballard and um and uh, Noel was ready to get back into the boys' side of things. And so he came and spent a couple of years with me and um, was actually a huge part of our really kicking off the success at Norwalk way back when in, in 04 when we made our first um, appearance with me to end the state tournament and um, got, a, got our third place finish. And it was a big deal. You know, it was our first uh, – um, state tournament wins in school history. So it's the first time we'd ever won once we got, they had made two other appearances the first time we'd won. And, and Noel was a huge part of our staff um, at that time, just brought a really good, good sense of knowledge. And then um, he kind of followed that up two years, one or two years. I think he started in what? Oh, six, maybe. Would that be right? That'd be about 05. right. Yeah. Yep. yeah. So right around there. Anyways, he uh, went up to Algona and um, just, this last year, he, he just changed over to the girls' side. But um, I, I, I just think the world of him and what a job he's done up there. You know, you probably know this and you probably paid more attention because it's your hometown. But um, he really did amazing things with uh, their basketball culture, which, you know, had been really good. And then I think it took a little bit of a dive. And, and then um, he really, I thought, did a great job. They, they had always come down to a team camp with us. And uh, so I got to see firsthand every summer just some of the work he was doing, not just with the kids, but how they were playing. They played the game the right way. And uh, I don't know. I love Noel. He's one of my best buddies. And uh, I just I like the way he coaches and the way he um, handles kids. He's great for high school basketball. Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned it's it's so interesting because um, obviously I had coaching the boys side uh, for several years and then. Um, I, I think he having, having girls, he had it in his heart that he was going to go over. I just didn't think he thought it was going to happen as quickly as it did going right from the boys to the girls. Um, and you mentioned kind of building a program and really the kind of the culture around the sport again. Um, and I, I, you know, while there took a few lumps this year, I see the girls program kind of working their way over right back up to where they should be with him at the helm. Yeah. You know what? I'm excited for him. We've talked a lot about that. Um, obviously he has all daughters and, um, it, it, it life just changes. <laughs> life just changes when you uh, when you have kids, um, and I'm sure we can talk about a little bit. Just um, as you get older and you start, uh, you know, ha you have different pers perspectives in your life. And um, the thing is, he's going to get to keep coaching and being great for kids, but he'll also get to be a dad and have that special 
unique um, relationship of getting to coach his kids, which is going to be awesome. But uh, I, I, I have a feeling like if you watch girls basketball in the state, keep an eye on Elgona over the next couple of years, because uh, I think he'll do good things. Well, we like hearing that for sure. And, you know, you're right, coach. Uh, having kids does change you. If, if you were told me, if you were told me seven years ago that I'd be coaching kindergarten soccer, I would have told you, <laughs> nuts, but I definitely am doing that now. So, um, well, hey, uh, you know, as Brian said, you know, we, we, we really appreciate you coming on and we like to start off uh, way, way back. Uh, so tell our listeners a little bit about you, where you grew up, um, how sports kind of played into your childhood. And then eventually, you know, when did, uh, you know, when did basketball come in? Yeah, you know, um, it's kind of been cool for me. Uh, honestly, I, I will tell you. So when, when I, I, I've kind of known for a while that this was going to be my last year, but when I just kind of put it out there, I was really uh, humbly flattered and, and kind of surprised because when you're going through it, like you guys will see this as you continue to go, probably even now when you guys are kind of in the middle of, of your, you know, you start in your adult life, um, you're just grinding, you know, you're just going day by day and you don't really take time to pause and think like anybody really cares about what you're doing. And so um, when, when that's happened uh, it's been really cool for me because uh, my, my background actually kind of got outlined um, by my hometown newspaper. And now with social media and stuff, it was put out on like Facebook and stuff and people were really interested to to see it. And um, like I said, I just, for 30 years, I've been just going and not really take it any time and people are like I had no idea that all this went together so I, I I'm from Wisconsin I'm from Monroe Wisconsin which is a uh, you know a smaller uh, smaller town like it'd be 3A in uh, Iowa but a division two in Wisconsin and uh, how I got started in really loving sports uh, I, I played basketball tennis I played baseball growing up but in, in Iowa baseball's or excuse me in Wisconsin uh, baseball is in the spring and so is tennis and Honestly, I made varsity as freshman in tennis, and I thought that was cool, and so I stuck with tennis, and that's that's honestly the story. And so, um, and, and tennis was good, but I was always more into basketball just because I enjoyed the team sports. And um, um, so my my high school basketball career was we 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 just weren't a great team, but um, my junior year we were about I think four and seventeen was our record. And then my senior year, we had, we and um, a couple of my good buddies, um, one of them, um, his name was Joe Degnan, and he went to, ended up going to St. John's up in um, Minnesota, St. John's. And uh, um, he was, he was a really good player, but then we had a couple good juniors and a good freshman on that team. And we started off one four and it's kind of like, oh, here we go again. Well, just by the, by the grace of God, you know, how the basketball gods touch you sometimes. And we got hot and we got really hot and um, we started winning and we started winning big. We, uh, um, I don't know if you guys remember um, Greg Timmerman. Do you remember a kid by the name of that name? But uh, he's from Cuba city and then played at Wisconsin. Anyways, Sam Oakey would be about, about the same age. You guys remember him who played at I and ended up transferring from yeah. Iowa. So we got hot. We started winning all these games. We beat Cuba city who was uh, Greg Timmerman's team. And then, we beat a, beat a couple other good teams and um, set ourselves up pretty well. We made um, we made a run in the tournament, ended up beating, do you guys know um, or have you heard of Saul Phillips, coached Ohio back in the day. Now he's the coach at Northern State. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. So um, we beat him in our district final. 
like regional finals is what they would call it. Um, and so I think that gets you to like the sweet 16 and uh, he, he's a, he was a phenomenal player. So like that was a huge upset and um, we beat them. And then we get uh, to, to um, the sweet 16. And then again, in Wisconsin, you go only the final four in division two make it. And so we win the next game and we play a team that had beat us earlier in the year by 40 points. Um, they, they were, they were very good and, and they whooped us. And again, somehow, some way we, uh, we find a way to beat them. And uh, I actually, this is kind of a, a cool story. Um, I, I probably similar to my son, like I, I was just a point guard role player and I had a huge game that night um, and uh, scored 16 points, which is my career high get us to, to the state title game or get us to state. We win that game, get to the state title game and then lose to um, Wilmot again. I don't know. Just some of the guys listening might like kind of this stuff. Wilmot's um, best player is now the coach at UW Parkside, uh, Luke Regal. Um, and so he is, he's a really talented player and they, they beat us. They, uh, you know, what are you going to do? So it was kind of cool for me how, how my journey ended. Cause I, a few different times in coaching and playing, I got to second and I was always like, oh, that's cool. You got to the championship game, but never quite could get over that hump to win a championship. So sorry, I'm taking too long. But uh, anyways, we, we that, was, that was just a huge deal. And it, it just inspired my love of basketball and, and, and not just basketball, but the team and, and what, what it meant to like believe in each other and, and what, what, you know, and you guys have lived this like, when you get a group of guys that believe in each other and you're like, you, you were terrible. And then all of a sudden you turn it around and you're like, this is an amazing feeling. So um, I came out and after we, we made it to the state tournament, you know, for those people who are not like, you know, like Adam division one players and probably not even like you, Brian, where like highly recruited division three players. I was more just like, I was a good high school player. I started and stuff, but not, recruited then all of a sudden we make state and I get some people calling and saying do you want to come play so I came out here and I visited Lutheran Central and my guidance counselor went to Drake and she said why don't you stop in and see Drake and and like I said I was a good player but not not great you know what I mean I would have been on the JV team and I would have maybe got a jersey and sat the bench at a division three school and 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 I kind of realized that I think I was smart enough as a, as a player to understand that. So, but at Drake, I just, I kind of liked the school and I, I fell in love with it. End up going to Drake, I get dropped off four and a half hours from home and don't know a soul for that four and a half hours, you know, no, no home, no, no, no relatives around here. And it's still my favorite part of the story is that, um, you know, that was 30 years ago coming up here in, uh, in August and, now it's hard for me to go anywhere and not see somebody that I don't want to catch or, or talk to or chat with. And I don't know. That just makes me proud of, of, you know, the way I kind of have gone about my business. So at Drake, um, I didn't get involved right away, but I hung out a lot at the gym, you know, it was just hanging out. And uh, um, I got involved with the basketball team. Somebody like, Hey, you know, we got a spot to be a manager. Now this is before, like nowadays, it's kind of a cool thing to do. Like back then, it wasn't so cool to be a manager. Um, we So me and my other buddies who who used to do this, we make fun of the guys nowadays because we're like, 
like we didn't get these same perks and we we were like the peons back then we didn't get to tweet about our our our, our successes or our life journey so anyways um but we had a wonderful experience and i, I i've said this since it helped me set up to be a really good coach in retrospect because um, I got to see the game from a different angle for four years. And, and, um, and uh, it was just a really uh, um, interesting time. It was when Rudy Washington was there. And we had so many assistant coaches coming and going. Like my first year, Ron Adams, who coached at, uh, who has been a, um, a world champion now, I think three times with the Golden State Warriors as an assistant coach, was there for a year. Um, I told you about Tom McDonald and then there's just several other really good coaches and great players, but like every year we were turning the roster over like nine, 10 guys. So there's like 40 guys that I ended up connecting with. So, so that was Drake. And then crazy as it may sound, you know, I did a lot of work with team camps and stuff with Tom and, um, uh, I got involved. I worked one year at Des Moines East, just out of, uh, out of high school, to, to, to get into high school coaching. And I talked a little bit about this too. I, I got some really good advice from or, or Salomon who um, at that point was the radio uh, guy with John Walters for Drake basketball. And uh, I remember there was an opening at Indian Hills for an assistant coach and, and they were, you know, some of the coaches were trying to help me out and he pulled me aside and, and I asked him just recently if he remembered this and he said, no, but he was just like, Chris, you're a high school coach. And uh, it was great advice because he was right. And like I said, back, you know, when you're 22 years old, I don't think that's what anybody wants to hear probably, but it was really excellent advice. I didn't want to chase around kids at the junior college level to that. That wasn't my sweet spot. And um, so I appreciated that advice. I, I was assistant coach for one year and then um, Norwalk was really struggling at the time. I think when I took over, they had that four maybe five seasons in a row where they like three wins was their most win total and um so they were just looking for somebody young and and full of energy and I told them you know that that's what I was going to bring and 25 years later here we go <laughs> so sorry that was a long long answer but that uh no, that that's, that's the journey yeah um well a couple things to unpack there so you mentioned that um and we've actually talked about it in multiple episodes, but you know, you're playing with, with in high school, you know, you're on a team, whether that be basketball, football, whatever, it is a different, uh, I want to say atmosphere, but you know, a, it's a different vibe from playing in college or professional if you do, cause you know, you grew up with these guys. Right. And so it had to be different on the better side on your end, because, you know, not, not being very good. And then all of a sudden, you know, kind of catching fire and, being able, being able to experience that is, is just something, you know, very, very special. So I'm sure that was, that was, that was the case for you guys. And, um, you know, obviously created, created lifelong friends for that. Yeah, absolutely. And, and like I said, we still kind of talk about it to this day and, and it's funny. Um, even like I was saying, it was kind of cool that my story got to be shared kind of through this just, just randomly. And, and, uh, a couple of my old teammates are just like, you know, I was kind of the, the, the glue guy, the point guard, you know, that just like, like I told you, I wasn't a great player, but I, I was a coach out on the floor and they were just all like, yep, everyone always knew. And it, it, it just makes you feel good because 
our, our best players now a millionaire up in Edina, Minnesota. And then we got another one who's a chiropractor in Rochester. You know what I mean? Everybody from that group, though, I think you build confidence through the sports that you do to go on and have success in your life. And so it really is meaningful stuff. And then I hope as a coach, I could pass that along to some other kids. And that's why I like, I tried to show that passion to them and really put a lot of work into helping them live that, you know, over these last several years. Yeah, that's great. That's great. And then you mentioned too, that, you know, you may have had a couple options to play, um, I guess, after high school. Um, mm-hmm. however realized that, you know, maybe be just, uh, maybe a French player, you know, maybe get a Jersey, like you said, uh, I guess nowadays that would definitely be the minority because I think it's the complete opposite these days where people, where kids think they're going D one and there may be a D three player or, you yeah. know, like that. so that's kind of cool to hear that. I mean, was that just something that didn't really interest you? Um, or was it, you know, Hey, I, re- I, re- I really like to go, or I really liked it when I, when I visited Drake and. You know, I think I can get a good education, you know, start off off there. Probably a little bit of both. You know, I, I think that's an interesting question, though. Um, I would say if there's one thing I wish I could uh, give to more young athletes, like if I advice is lean on humility a little. We talk a lot like in our program, balancing courage, and consideration and having that balance between confidence and humility and uh, how basketball is such a bit, you know, you got to have the courage to take shots. And, you know, somebody's got to shoot the shot, but at the same time, if you're shooting every shot, you know, that becomes a problem because then the whole team's not involved. And so we just think that that's such a, a big part of it. And, and for me, I am appreciative in my life that I, I, I think, you know, for, I, I don't really, I can't like stick my, my finger when that came, but, but I think I had a, a good sense of humility and some stuff. Um, in terms of both, like when I look back that I didn't go try one thing, uh, I, I'm this good. Or when I just was like, yeah, I'll be a manager. And, you know, that was kind of a humbling experience. But I will tell you, one thing I'd love to get in is like the year we opened the NAP Center, that would have been the 92-93 season, which a lot of, I, maybe you got some, you know, I know you guys are starting to get a broad uh, listenership and so I, hopefully this can open up some ears of some people because that I think is one of the most lost years of basketball that like there's going to be some old timers, like real basketball fans. So Kurt Smith was on that team. I don't know if you guys have heard of Kurt Smith um, and, and um, Darren Daphne, whose um, son actually just uh, played with the Packers this, this year and played there. His son's played at Valley um, Clayton and Jeff Allen, who, um, a great, great player. You know, Jeff, cause uh, coach Berkey, right. Is he, yep. his, his, uh, his buddy. Um, Will sell this team. Like we, they were, they were good in the Valley. Like back then they had Shea seals and Chris Carr, like NBA guys all over. And uh, I mean, it was hopping, you know, it, it, there was like 6,000 people in attendance and um, it was such an awesome atmosphere. And um like Drake, Drake, not just Drake basketball, but then for me to be kind of in on that. Um, and then like, I had another really kind of humbly or flattering moment, I guess, through being a manager, this, this is something I didn't share earlier, but I actually ended up like on the front page of the sports page one day because we were at a shoot around. 
like I've lived a really weird life. I, I don't know like how it's happened. I've just, like I said, I, the balls bounced right for me a couple of times, but uh, Linrick Rogers, who's um, another great friend and just a great acquaintance along the way. I think he's like third all time leading scorer. And uh, he hits a shot to beat Southwest Missouri state. But in that um, uh, shoot around the morning before, it was just a simple little play, but UConn the night before was running the same thing with a little, little twist of what we did. And I just told one of the assistant coaches, I said, Hey, this is what UConn did. And so we switched it and sure. I, I won't swear, but sure enough, um, coach Washington, it's like, I'm thinking, he's like, Hey, let's run that little twist that we talked about in the thing. Now here's where I always thought this was really the coolest thing though was coach Washington. And this taught me a lot. Like as I got older, I tried to reciprocate this is he got into his press conference and he was like, yeah, it was our manager, Chris, who gave us that idea, which is pretty dang cool. Like how many head coaches and, you know, at the time he was kind of on, on the hot seat and stuff. And he's like, it was him. And so I'm coming downstairs carrying jerseys, you know, doing all this. And the guy from the Des Moines register, Randy Peterson's like, Hey, you got a second? I'm like, what and uh so yeah it's like managers play wins wins game for drake and uh um so i just feel blessed like that basketball has touched so many things for me that uh i i i i have loved giving back but i think it's still that balance of humility right not getting too far ahead of yourself not thinking that you know you guys know, like you guys were both good shooters. When you, when you get in trouble though, is when you get cocky and start shooting bad shots, right? You're, you're going to stay in the zone if you keep taking good shots. Mm -hmm. And um, I just think that can teach you life lessons. That's awesome. That's great. Um, well, I guess you mentioned that you had some incredible mentors, um, yeah. at least what, at, at least for the time that you were, um, you know, a manager. Uh, do you remember when you, you knew or when the, the coaching bug kind of hit you? Yeah. Um, like I said, I kind of always wanted to coach, you know, like I, that was just a, a thing, even like when I was a player, I kind of liked the, the strategic part of the game as much as I liked the, the playing part of the game. And so, um, and I found myself really just enjoying sitting, talking hoops, so like um, I brought up Ron Adams, like I, I remember and not like that I have any good connection, but I just loved my freshman year sitting and listening to him talk about the game and like starting to break down. And that's when I really kind of started like, I, I really enjoy this. And then the next year, like Kurt Smith, one thing people don't know is like, cause Kurt's a DC guy, right? But me and him would sit, you, you guys know how it is. You go on these road trips and I just sit with him and we'd talk hoops all the time. Like, and he'd, he'd actually enjoy talking to me. Like, you know how it is. It doesn't matter if you're a hoops guy and you like talking hoops, it doesn't matter who it is. And so, um, and you know, Jeff Allen and all these other guys, BJ Windhorse as he came along and, uh, guys, Dan Nucky, we, we just all would start enjoying. And then as, as I kind of crept along, yeah, I was a manager, but like, I think something I've always lived by is uh, your, your, uh, your position doesn't have to define who you are. 
And so, yes, I, I did the work of what a manager need to do because that work needs to be done. But I don't think a lot of the guys saw me like, oh, he's just a manager. They saw me as somebody who knows the game and who understands what he's talking about and, and um, appreciated visiting on some levels or sometimes asking advice or, you know, doing, doing whatever. And I think some of that's being smart enough to know when to talk and when not to talk. Well, yeah. And I, I think even going back to the fact of understanding and, you know, for the coaches and the coaching staff, not to be too proud to be like, you know, we're not going to run a play that the manager is bringing to us. Right. You know, I mean, that takes something. I mean, there's a lot of coaches out there who would, yeah, we're not, you know, we're not going to listen to that. Like I got, I got this play, you know, whatever it is. And so that speaks up, that speaks volumes to the staff. And then also just shows appreciation for the level of, of what you're doing. And, and, and now I think that manager position has morphed into guys with coaching, Absolutely. with coaching desire. And that's just kind of how you cut your teeth. Yeah. And I think that's one thing that's been really cool. Just even if you look like around the NBA and stuff, there's a lot of guys who that's just, um, a path that they that, that, that they know they want to take early. Um, and it's cool to see. There's just so many good things about, uh, I think the game as it's continued to evolve um, with things like that, that um, it's not quite as archaic as it was 25 years ago. If you think back to where it's grown to, even like the work you guys are doing with this, um, like I said, I listened, I, I know you guys gave me a hard time that I was slow, slow getting to it, but uh, um it's awesome though, when like-minded people can get and share their, their thoughts and, and just um, reflect and think. And um, I, I think you can do so much reflective growth when you, when you um, open yourself and open your mind up to stuff like that. And we've said it on here several times too, that, you know, everybody's what got that six degrees of separation, but if, if you yeah. play the game of basketball, it's about a two degree of separation. <laughs> you're going to you talk nice. to two guys that are hoop heads and you're going to know somebody. So no doubt, no doubt. It. And that's a big part of the game too. And a big reason why we do this, I mean, it's the relationships, uh, you know, obviously we love the game. We love the competition. We love the camaraderie, all that stuff that comes with it. But at the end of the day, it's the relationships. And you mentioned it, um, obviously talking even in the beginning, uh, you know, a teammate of mine, Lee and, a lot of our buddies, um, you know, we had one summer where we had three weddings that we basically had the same groomsmen. And so it was it was just a lot of fun. And those are relationships that you you'll cherish for a lifetime. And so um, one other thing that you mentioned. Uh, so the NAP Center opened in 92. That that facility has aged really well. Then. Isn't that nice? Yeah. So my first year at Drake, um, we were at Vets. So I would have been like. I was the little film guy, the last game that Vets had. If I remember right, it was, oh man. And we, that was a rough year. And uh, it, it, the last game Drake played at Vets, Gal, I wish Mike Mahon, if you could get him on, he'd know the exact detail. But like, it was a crazy ending. I think it was Illinois State. They like called the teams back out and they gave Illinois State two last free throws. To, to let them, you know, and they made them to win. It was, and I only remember this because Kurt Brewer is kind of a hoop head and he's a huge Drake fan. Um, he came to my camera, you know, because back then you, you had to camp film your own games just like high schools do now. And well, now high schools don't even have to do that. They have their, you know, the, yeah. the huddle stuff. Um, but he comes up and he wants to look in the little thing to see, you know, all this stuff and people are going crazy. But that was, that was the last game at Vets would have been the, uh, February of 92. And then Knapp Center opened up in, what, November of 92. And that was, that was a heck of a year. Um, 
like I said, and that what that's coming up on almost 30 years ago. That's crazy. We might have to get to the bottom a little bit of that last game at Vets. That's yeah, it, like, that sounds Mike, like Mike would be the guy to know it. Um, obviously, Paul Morrison is, has passed along. So, um, but Mike, I know he would remember. It was, it was a crazy ending. We had, yeah, that last year at Vets was was something. It was, yeah, it was it was like a wild wild west out there. That's great. No, um, so then you mentioned so. You went to, was it East? You said you spent a, a, a season at East yep. before taking the Norwalk job? Yep. So that was with Andy Howard, who um, is really cool. Um, just one of my best friends, my best friend in coaching, and just one of my, one of my best friends just in general, one, you know, kind of the, the group we hang out with. And uh, so I got a coaching job with him um, through Tom, and uh, he had just come from Roland Story to, to East. And um, – we only coached for one year though, just because, you know, like, like they tell you, you know, you never know how life's going to turn out. And I just happened to get the Norwalk job. Didn't think that I'd get a, a head coaching job that quickly, but it kind of fell in. Um, but the cool part was we became lifelong friends and he retired from East in 2009. And then he came back and was my assistant from 2011 till he retired with me or, you know, whatever you want to call it. I, yeah. you know, we, we, we went out together um, this year. So, uh, and honestly, from 2011 till this most recent, we, me and him together, along with, you know, my other coaches, Coach Pelzer, Coach Fisher, um, we just have had a really unbelievable run over the last 10, 11 years. So uh, great players and, and, and wonderful people. And so, um, from to finish we've had a pretty pretty cool journey of coaching together yeah that's great well and you mentioned too so then norwalk um obviously every head coach that we've had on here has said the same thing probably not ready for that head job but uh you figure out a way to get ready real fast and so with that being said what what was some of the first initiatives that you wanted to take um finally getting an opportunity to be a head coach um, obviously being on the young side as far as having, having a head coach, but what, what was your goal when trying to take over that program? So for me, um, and it's just always been about this, uh, I, I, I tell, tell this a lot. Like, so I was raised on the, the, the philosophy that, you know, it, it's hard to be a good basketball player, good basketball team if you don't treat each other right. And uh, good things happen. Good things typically happen to good, good people, you know, and my coach always said good things happen to good people. And as I've gotten older, I've always kind of shuffled with that in my mind a little bit because I've said sometimes bad things happen to good people and sometimes good things happen to bad people. But I think, you know, most often if you, if you, if you do things the right way, it's kind of like, again, it's like basketball. If, if the process is good, you know, you can live with a missed shot. If the possession, if you, if you did everything right and you just missed the shot, you can live with it. And so that's kind of my number one thing was we're going to treat each other right. And we're going to, we're going to take care of each other in, in the way we treat each other. And uh, the, the best story I can tell is um, I remember this when we first took over um, Pella was ranked number one in the state. Um, you know, that would have been, I think they played Algona. Would that have been 98 maybe when they played? Yeah, with that 99? Been 99. Down at State 99, 99. That would have been Corver's senior That year. was my second year. Um, and so anyways, uh, we're playing down there. And they had a kid. They had like Shane, Shane Bogarts, Shane Bogart, I think was his name, and Tim Brands. Anyways, 
the girls games going on and there was an older lady who spilled popcorn all over during the game and the 16 17 year old boys they're like one guy kind of helped her make she was all right the other one scooped up the popcorn and the other one's like here i'll go get you a new bag and i don't know why but i remember i like sent a letter to them to, to their ad and their coach just complimenting their kids because it was right in front of our bench and and I don't say this to embarrass anybody who was with us at the time, but like our kids just weren't there yet, you know, for whatever reason that was, they weren't there yet. And so they just kind of laughed and, you know, which is fine. They're their kids. It's not. Um, but I remember saying that's my goal is to get to be the kind of program where we're mature enough and we're, we're the type of people that that's how we represent our community um, is we, we wipe up the popcorn, we help her up and we go get her a new bag. And that's, that's how we represent our community. And, um, you know, I've told this to a couple other people, you know, after, after um, these most recent, you know, state tournaments and, and, and then finally winning a state championship, that's exactly who our guys were. You know, um, if, I, if I could, if you guys got a chance to hear from anybody about our teams, I'm sure Lee probably talked to you a little bit because he coached a lot of those guys um, in middle school that's the kind of people that, that we were kicking out of Norwalk that are spitting out. And um, so that's where it all started for me. And I'm just a firm believer in that makes great basketball players. Um, I think the synergy of basketball all starts by, if you don't believe that you got to take care of the other people on the floor, you're never going to be a great basketball player. And then when you have five guys all doing that for each other, and then 10 more guys on the bench who are equally as, excited for everyone who's on the floor that's when you have special programs and special teams yeah and uh i think a big part of that too and i guess this leads into my next question as far as it takes it takes some talent as well and you guys um yep. obviously we had the ability to start to mentor and foster some of that talent um, and I think a big part and maybe maybe the biggest part of that that's overlooked is the coaching at the lower levels. Um, obviously, maybe we can give Lee a little bit of credit uh, for, <laughs> for helping you out at the eighth grade. He, and he, he did tell me that there was this kid that was going to be really good that was named Bowen um, yeah. back when he was playing. And so uh, I think he was right about that one. But uh, how big was it for you to try to get those youth those youth levels um, and your lower levels really kind of established because, uh, you know, you knew that eventually those were the kids that you were going to mold. You know, and I think it's a, it's a fine line. Um, I always think it's interesting because I think at our youth levels, you want to be careful because you want to, you want to groom and develop, but at the same time, you don't want to start getting this hierarchy of who's who, you know, Bailey, do you guys, do you guys remember a guy named Bailey Steele a few years back? Um, He's a big guy, seven footer. He's now oh, yeah. playing professionally over. So he played for Duquesne last year. He's actually one of those. Guys. He played at Eastern Michigan, Utah Valley, and then Duquesne um, after the DMAC. But um, he was like on the B team in, in middle, middle school. And uh, um, even your guys' age, uh, Luke Freeberg was a kid who was our point guard when, do you guys know Luke? Uh, he, he just, he was a really good soccer player too. But he was my point that year we, we got to the, first he was a b-teamer but sometimes you can see luke's again a really cerebral kid um and uh and you could see that he was going to he was just really small so my point being is i think you got to be really careful when you're developing those programs that you don't just start 
putting people in because then there's also those kids that are pretty good in sixth grade or even seventh grade because they're just physically more developed. And then all of a sudden they're in 10th grade and they're the same kid they were when they were seventh grade. So um, I guess my only word to the wise is yes, it's important, but I think it's important to, to maybe I'm just all about balance in life that you just keep a, keep effective and don't don't follow yourselves where, the parents think that the starting lineups have been determined, you know, seven years out and kids, you know, have given up on themselves, you know, and think I'll go try something else or I'll go do something else. Cause I have no chance. Um, now don't get me wrong. You talk about Bowen when Bowen was in fifth grade, they moved is when they moved from Portland and I'm the assistant principal at the fifth grade building. And so um, Bowen came back and he, I, I'll never forget. He was in our gym and the first time you see him shoot a ball and you're like, it's silly, right? You know, I mean, he's, he has just, he, God has touched him with, with a unique ability to, to he, he's phenomenal. Now, what you do with that skill is up to you, right? He's worked his tail off to be insanely good. But, um, so let's not, let's not fool ourselves. There is also some talents just, unique and, and and you probably could make some some guesses but i think you gotta have a balance between the two um, and that's what i've always tried to do you know i think in, in the metro area and, and i don't know how many uh, uh, of your listeners are kind of from in here but that's something we got to be really cautious of because you know i don't want it to be where you got to be on this certain team in order to play for us or you know if you're not playing on the norwalk a team you know, what if they go play at Kingdom Hoops and they just get better? You know, so you, you want to be careful or they go play for all Iowa Tech. You, at some point, they're all going to mesh into your team. And so you got to be, be a little bit of a open-minded politician to know that they're all going to have an equal shot once they get to you. I, I don't know if that made sense or not, but it's, yeah. it's a trickier balance than you think, especially with us. You know, I'm sure when you guys, you know, I don't think you, you know, I don't remember you getting into it with Brian as much but um it's it's tricky and look at what happened with Waukee this year um and and their transfers in and uh there, there's just a lot of there's a lot going on in use there is and I and I think that it's just as tricky obviously from the parent side of things too you know trying to right. figure out okay well you know again you talk about balance and that, that's what it comes back to is how, you know how much are we going to because burnout's the fear and you know, just kind of all these things that go on is, is it, it, there de- definitely has to be a balance between developing the skills, making sure they're prepared, but still remembering that it's a game and that it's fun and that, you know, it, the game of basketball specifically comes at you fast. And so it is life. And I know you've, you've made the comparison between life and basketball and, and you just got to kind of roll with the punches and, and take it as it comes and, and hopefully put your best foot forward. Yeah. And that's what I always have loved about the game. And um, I, I've, I've often said, like, if I were ever do like a doctor, I'd love to do like a doctoral study on, like, I think inner city kids so basketball because it's a survival game, you know, and it's a game they they know they they know how to survive because in the city, you know, sometimes they're they're better at surviving, whereas now it's gotten a little bit more into an entitlement game, and entitlement doesn't work in basketball. We don't all get equal opportunities. I I would tell you. Like in our, our team last year, that's what was such the beauty of it. And someday I, I will sit and, and, you know, talk to somebody about 
like the beauty of our championship team. You know, we have a kid who's scoring 36 a game, but the, the cool part was that the other kids allowed him to do that and that he had the appropriate courage to continue to do like that. He felt comfortable with his teammates to know that they weren't second guess. Like he knew his job was to go get those and get confidence. But um, I just, basketball is not an entitlement game. And so parents who think, Oh, I'll go talk to the coach or I'll get on the coach's good side or I'll take him to this camp and that that'll do it. That's not what it's all about. It's about getting the job done on the court and getting a stop on defense and get, you know, um, that's hard for people to understand though. And um, I, I just think it's one of the, it's going to be fun over the next 10, 15 years. I, I've told this to a lot of people or I've had discussions with a lot of people in, you know, getting to watch over 30 years our skill level in our game right now, especially here in Iowa, is at an all-time high. No offense to you guys. I, I remember you both. You're both good players, obviously. Um, Adam, I, I think I, I, I do have to ask you a question. I, I'm pretty sure you were at Simpson Camp, right? Do you remember going to Simpson Camp? Oh, yeah, every year. Yeah, I remember you lighting us up. I remember your brother really well, too. So I, like, I couldn't remember if, um, if you were there as well at that one, or if we hit you up at UNI, but I remember you lighting us up a couple of times. So um, I was thinking that as we were getting ready for it, but our skill level is at such a high, right? There's guys like that are having skill level, like you had kind of a, a, a lot of kids like that, but our mentality is not as good. You know what I mean? We have more guys that are in the gym training, less guys who are paying attention to how to be a good basketball player. And so I just think it'll be interesting over the next 10 years to see how that evolves. The Does that make sense to you guys? Do you know oh, what yeah. I'm saying? And, we, and we've had several discussions about that too. And, and you, I mean, you mentioned it because people go to the gym now to train, you know, and they have every resource that they could ever need. They have every workout online. They can see video of it. And so the, people are going and, and doing training. And I'm, you know, where we went to the gym and we play basketball, like we get, we got one, two, three, okay, 10 guys, let's go, uh, you five, us five, you know, and it's like roll the ball and let's hoop. And, and that's where, and you mentioned it and we talk about it all the time. It is a balance. Like we've, I feel like the skills have improved, but the basketball IQ maybe not as high because they don't know maybe some of the winning plays and maybe some of the things that it takes to, uh, you, you know, compete and, and find a way to win. And so, I do think, again, I mean, the, the word of the night is balance. And I think that that's going to continue to be the issue moving forward. Some of the coaches that are listening out here, um, here's a little challenge for you. You know, I see a lot of people like tweet out and, and this is like a pet peeve of mine. And, and you guys give your take. You let me, I want to hear what you guys think of this. We get to the end of our seasons and guys are tired. And I see a lot of people like, you know what? If you're, if you're satisfied, now's the time to go get in the gym. And when it's March, what I always encourage our guys to do is sit down on a couch and watch some good basketball games. Watch the NCAA tournament and learn the game. Like watch, again, it goes back to what we were talking about at the beginning. Watch the games through someone else's eyes for once, not just through your own, because you've grinded and you've worked hard. Now, don't get me wrong, maybe in April, get back to, to working out. But I just don't feel like personally, 
enough guys watch the game to try and learn what good basketball looks like so that they understand that if we're going against a zone and I drive and I can draw two defenders and kick to an open shooter, that that just can be part of my natural game. So I'm kicking it to you guys. I want to know what you think. No, and I agree with you hundred percent. I think it's something two, two, two sides of this one is the difference between coaching girls and coaching boys. Um, is on the boys side the boys they do watch a lot more basketball than girls and so they will they will try to imitate um way more than the girls which you know makes a lot of the little things and kind of some stuff that you don't have to teach however it also brings out a lot of bad habits too because they're like oh man i saw cp do this move on tv last night and so now i'm going to try to do it whereas like the girls they're just there to listen to you. And so it's, it's different because you have to teach them every step along the way, but once they get it, I mean, they're, they're locked in cause they don't have the bad habits, but I, I agree. I mean, it's something where, and I think again, now going back to that balance of right now, they have all the resources uh, right there for them. I mean, they could watch any and every game that they wanted to, they can go back and watch film. I mean, you mentioned it with huddle and um, True. These, these software programs. I mean, you can go and watch guys at your level guys, you know, you can see it, but at the same time, they can also go on and they can TikTok and they can go on Instagram and they can do all these other distractions in which that are pulling them away from maybe their own personal growth. Well, and, and I think you brought up a good, good point too, is how many of them watch highlights? You know, some of these highlight films that are out there, I'm like, guys, <laughs> you do realize none of the college coaches care about your highlight film. They, they'd like to see you play some help side defense, or they'd like to see when the, when you're missing a shot, what your reaction is, not just when you're making it and, you know, putting up the the three sign. Um, So I, I find that interesting as well. Sometimes. I've told, I've told plenty of players in the past too, when these college coaches come and watch you, these guys are so good at what they do. Um, they'll have a pretty good idea before the, the buzzer even sounds, just watching you and warm up and the way you carry yourself and interact with your teammates. They already know whether or not they're interested or not. You could, you could go O for the night. And if, if, if you have a good mindset and work ethic about it, they're, they're interested. They already know. Yeah. It just, it's so funny. And, and it's interesting when you bring up the, the girl boy comparison, you guys probably remember. So back, uh, back in the old future stars days, did you guys, Oh yeah. Were you oh, doing yeah. future stars and stuff? Yeah. So, so I was doing a lot of future stars camps. And so we do one week of boys and one week of girls. And we always talk about that with how great it was to coach the girls week because the girls week, they were sponges and it was everything that you said. I'll never forget. Um, oh, shoot. She played at Keith Stribe, um, Sarah Stribe. I got her on my team, uh, whatever that was back probably in 99 or whatever. And, you know, she was the best player in the camp, but you know, and I'm like 21 years old, you know, only like probably four or five years older. But she is just glued to me. You know, again, let's remember my story. I'm a manager from Drake and she is glued to me and listening to every word. And we won the title for, you know, and the boys, no one cared. They were just trying to worry about what coaches were watching them and, you know, this and that. So it is, it's just interesting. Now, again, if there could be a little balance between, between the two, because sometimes I think girls get stuck in. Um, that's one of the problems in girls' game is that they lack the self confidence sometimes to yep. let themselves go. You know, what I mean, they don't always need their dad telling them what to do from the stands. Like, just it's a player's game. If if you're, it's too hard of a game to play to try and listen and then do it. You gotta just trust yourself. So, 
Yep. No, I, I've said that too. They get a little robotic in the fact that, you know, I need to be here. I need to go there. I need to do this. Right. And so they don't, they don't quite have a feel. Yeah. And it's because they don't watch the game near as much. I mean, I, I got a daughter that's a, you know, seventh grader and she loves playing basketball. We go to tournaments every weekend. We do all that stuff. And when they're not playing, they're not watching games. When I was a seventh yeah. grader, I was watching the next team. I was, you know, I was doing all that stuff. And so yeah. it, it is different for them. But uh, at the same time, too, yeah, I, I still think that they're probably coachable, more coachable than I was as a seventh grader, too, because I thought I knew it all. So, you know, it's it's the difference <laughs> and it's the good and the bad. And like you said, it's uh, definitely definitely takes a little bit of that balance. But um and so I guess one last thing here is when we're talking about Norwalk is I do want to spend a little bit of time talking about this run and this championship run that you went on with a, a, a great group of kids and um, obviously Bowen Bourne kind of leading that pack and um, seeing watching him play and, and you mentioned it and his style, obviously an extreme talent. Um, but I, I will echo what you said in the fact that it seemed like everybody else was was bought into their roles. They understood the situation. They did not feel like they were getting slighted and it was kind of a one for all mentality and you know came up short in in his junior year but uh completed the journey that his senior year yeah um just a and and it was fun obviously because um sophomore year we got there which was it, it had just been a little bit of a gap for us you know i think six year gap that we had not been there um we had another really good player that was a senior that year lukaski went on to Drake for a year and now he's going to be a doctor, which is awesome. Yep. Um, but he just wanted to concentrate on his studies. Uh, that was a really good group um, with him as seniors. So we get to state that year. And I, I don't know if you guys would have remembered this or not, but we had Glenwood down 18 at half and they came back and beat us uh, in the second half and go on to win the state title. So it's like, all right, there's that. Then um, it, it's just so amazing. Uh the, the last few years have just been such an incredible to be kind of the epicenter of Iowa basketball and a lot of the basketball just in the Midwest, you know, Xavier Foster and Bowen Bourne. Um, and we're playing them twice a year, you know, and then we end up playing them in the state championship game. And uh, that was just such a good game. And you're just so proud to be a part of it. Right. And, and, you know, looking back on it, you're like, Gal, our little our little warriors, you know, lose by four, but there's six ten, six ten. Their their point guard was taller than our, you know, our our post, which Tyler is a big dude, you know, for football, Tyler Andre. So we were so proud of the effort. But then one of the things we did the next year when it was Bowen senior, and, and he and I talked a lot about this. Um, we really tried to make it a point. It was a new team because uh we had a group of juniors, so I was telling you, so this is my son's class, and so I would kind of grown up with them a little bit, and really we're trying to figure out how can we put these two together. So this junior class, they went 19-2 uh, and two as, as freshmen and then 20-0 and 0 as sophomores, but remember, they got to stay together, and no one got moved up. Um, we had one kid, uh, Sam Eggers, got moved up uh, um, late in the year but mostly they played all together. Right. And they, they, they are just a good cohesive group. So it's like, how can we meld these two together? And um, it's kind of interesting. So we, we tried a lot of things early and then at Christmas, we, we, we kind of changed things up and, and, and we changed our lineup um, and went basically. So grant my son and then the three starters who were back are all guards. So we went four guards, Tyler Johnson, who, 
probably people, little did people know, he's probably one of the best shooters in the state. It just, people didn't know it because the teams in our league did because that's why everyone had to stay out. And that's why Bowen had so much space because every time, you know, Marshalltown came and tried to play differently and Tyler had like 34 and, you know, our other guys continued to show they all could shoot. So we were playing these four guards and just spreading it out for Bowen. And then we put our best defensive player as that fifth guy. And we just really started clicking. And uh, we only lost one game after Christmas, actually. And that was to Pella Christian, who, you know, our league was pretty stacked that year. I think we had four teams end up in the tournament. And Pella Christian ended up in the tournament for 2A. And they had a really, really good team as well. But um, what was fun about it is, we became so efficient offensively. And so, you know, as you just watch great teams, you know, if you think about just all the good, you know, I think of, um, of, of like the UNI team that made the sweet 16 and, and with like Ali and that group, how they just became so efficient with every little piece of their team. That's where we were because we just knew you may be able to hang with us for a while, but we were going to figure out a way to beat you. And, um, I think everyone had that confidence and, and Bowen obviously is at the epicenter of all that. Right. But then he had all his little parts and, and what, what's cool is, you know, we got three other guy, three other guards all shooting over 45% from three. And then we had, we're bringing four guys off the bench who are just grinder defenders that are getting, you know, deals and runouts for layups and you know and making big game changing plays offensive rebounds whatever the case may be and it's just so fulfilling as a coach because you take that basketball part of it but then if you look at it and I know like if you had Bowen on here and being you know the top of the food chain in terms of the, that team or if you had like our manager you know our student manager they would all come and talk about how much they all loved each other and how much they loved hanging out with each other and how well Bowen treated Dawson. And, you know, that's the kind of energy that we had going with the guys. Now, my job, I felt as a coach, um, one, it was a little tricky because all of a sudden there was a lot of dynamics. You know, Bowen's putting a lot of pressure on himself to try and go win it all, right? I now have my kid playing as well, so there, there's, there's a little extra just do that. And this is our last year, probably going to be ever three a because we knew we were going to be four a next year. And that's just going to be a change for us. And so you're like, this is the end of the journey people. And, and, and it's like, you know, I don't know if you guys play poker at all, but we're, we're just pushing them all in. And, and, and so at about January at coach Howard, who I tell, I, I remember talking to him like, well, we're going all in and we're putting our best, our best hand out there. And, uh, it was just so cool to see, um, you know, how we talked about that balance of, of confidence. They were perfectly confident, not overly to where they, they respected every opponent. And there was never the time that I felt they got ahead of themselves. Um, but it was a really magical run. And uh, then to cap it all off, we throw in COVID to it. And so I don't know if you guys knew this, but uh, shoot the, uh, the, the two o'clock game, the semifinal game, we show up and, you know, they're shutting the Big East tournament. They're shutting down the Iowa or Big Ten tournament. Iowa gets canceled. So that's all everyone's talking about. All kids are getting messages. And they tell me, the, the, the people from the state association say, 
All right, we're going to take the floor. At starting lineups are at 2.05. Um, uh, Kim has taken the, uh, you know, doing a press conference at 2. She may just shut us down. But we're going to just go. And so, I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. That first half was like, so we, we, go, we got off to a terrible start against Valor. Valor played great. And then, you know, again, we kind of had that confidence that we were going to figure it out. We end up, you know, winning fairly handily. We're walking off the court. I don't even get off the court. And my AD grabs me. He's like, hey, before you go celebrate, no fans tomorrow. And I honestly believe, though, it was the perfect team for that. There wasn't a person in the locker room. I, I will tell you, by the time we got back to the high school gym and we had to figure out who was going to get tickets, they were also focused on one thing, and that was each other and winning for each other. You know, and you guys have been there. You've been locked into where you don't care. It wouldn't have mattered if no one was in the gym. They just had one goal in mind because uh, they had worked so hard to achieve it. And so just – I, I know I'm rambling, but it just was a really special time and a really special group. Absolutely. I mean, you two couple things actually. One, if there's a if there's a sport that uh, can't uh, COVID can't handle, it's basketball because it, as as hoop heads, we'll play anywhere. I mean, dark gym, right. no fans. I mean, you, <laughs> and I said that too. I mean, even with the bubble, I'm like, put these guys, put these NBA guys in some little little gym with you know, like with. That's why I love the summer tournament, the T, you know, the the tournament. Yeah, yeah, they're agree. like, we'll play, we'll play. I mean, these guys yeah. just want to play, and and that's great. And it, I mean, you mentioned too when you have a team that is together as that team was. Um, and, and had been through everything that they had together um, right. and had the confidence. I think it, you know, it makes things easier. And, um, you know, obviously you've, you felt the pressure being in the first chair the whole way through it, but I think it makes things easier in that final year when, because you know, Hey, we can go out and we can not play our best basketball and still have an opportunity to win. And we can win on a night when we don't have our best stuff solely because we believe in each other and we know what to expect and we're not going to get down on each other. And so that's, you know, it's just, it, like we said earlier, I mean, it's those group of guys that those guys are going to remember forever. They're going to remember that run, you know, whether, whether it was the, another second place or not, that was something that those guys were going to remember forever. Well, and, uh, you know, I said, you asked me back when I started where I wanted to get to and, and uh, kind of in culminate, you know, in culmination of it all is I, I'm looking here in my office and uh, Bowen um, got me this uh, uh, picture after this was all done. And he just it is a very special gift. We, me and him always kind of talked about the sun's going to come up tomorrow one way or the other. And that was kind of our saying. And even this year when he texts me, he's like, if we'd lose, he'd be like, don't worry, coach, sun will come up tomorrow. And uh, that's that's what his, his picture to me says is uh, there was a quote in his paper that he just put. He said, you know what? It, it was after the semifinal game. He goes, we're excited um, and we want to win. But he goes, but if we don't, we know we've already won by the way we've treated each other and all this. And the sun's going to come up tomorrow. And I'm just a big believer in when you live your life that way, then normally the winning takes care of itself if it's supposed to. But um uh, those are the things that as a coach, it makes you proud though. Cause that's as a high school coach, that's what you're trying to teach kids. And then you let them go fly and flourish as, as men and, and go, go take what they've learned and do, do what they, they need to do with it. 
Definitely from uh, from arm's length uh, interactions and stuff I've seen with Bowen, it definitely sounds like he's a kid that was mature beyond his age. And uh, uh, yeah. we talked about the talent. I, I actually coached at Bourne basketball camp for a you few bet. summers. And uh, I think he was a third or fourth grader one year when he was there. Uh, and yeah, he was at that time, he full of energy, just running all over, just shooting all the time, just doing whatever. And then, uh, like I said, then I heard hit the radar again with, with Lee about eighth grade and, and knew that he was going to be special. Well, I don't know if, if Mike's listened to this, that's not what we're going with. He was terrible <laughs> until he got to ninth grade and I fixed his shot and, um, you know, Mike had messed him up and everything. And, uh, I took care of it all though. We finally got him, got him headed in the right direction. <laughs> yeah, I'm joking. He's, he's the best too. They, his parents, uh, not just Reddick is going to be a really good player and Amron's a great, they, they have a beautiful family. Well, um, so, so we've talked about, obviously a lot of stuff here, coach. We've seen how, how much you love the game. We've talked about it. Um, we've talked about, you know, the recent success you've had, what's coming up here and then you retire. <laughs> uh, what's what's going on with that talk us through the the choice to do that and uh you know what initially got that in your head yeah so you know and i i hadn't even thought about this but i'm, I'm glad we could kind of talk about this because i know um a lot of people are are listening to, the, to your show and one thing i i've talked to a couple different college coaches about this recently is i think high school basketball is becoming more and more of a young person's uh, coaching high school basketball is becoming a young person's game. And, and here's what I mean by it. And, and you know what? That's not to say that some people won't keep going for long periods and longer than me. But uh, for me, physically, you know, it's, it's my second job. And my, my first job is to, to, to be a teacher and an administrator to kids. And uh, on Tuesday nights when I get back at, you know, 11 and not into bed till 1230, I still got to be, you know, to the elementary school by seven. And I promise you, they couldn't care less how we played the night before. And um, so physically, you know, I'd be sick at the end of every year. And, um, you know, you'd, it, 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 it was a struggle. And um, I don't say that like with any bitterness or um, animosity at all. It's been awesome, great run. But I think that's just maybe a trend going forward, especially at bigger schools, you know, there's a lot of expectations. Um, every summer of my adult life has been spent in gyms and you guys know this cause you know, you, you, you also were in programs where that was a, a big, a big part of your success. You know, I know that for you, Adam, cause, uh, I know, uh, coach ends off, you know, well, and, um, we kind of grew up, I, I, obviously he's a little older than I am, but, but I, I consider him a good friend. And all those days at Simpson basketball camp where, you know, we had some of us grind every summer for a long time with Coach Wilson. That's what we were doing. And then we've, you know, continued that on. Like me and Coach Thomas uh, from, from Applington, we kind of took that model once uh, Coach Wilson left. And we've been doing that. And we're going to UNI. We're going to Drake. And so, again, I don't say any of that to, like, be a martyr or anything. I just say it from the standpoint of, that's a lot of time for your second job. And um, one of the things after we've kind of got to that mountaintop and, and for me, it was a fairy tale. Um, we didn't really get into this, but um, and, and again, I don't know how closely he paid. My, my son had, had an amazing game. He, you know, he's a really good solid player, but um, they, they kind of 
scared him to shoot a little bit in the championship game, and he stepped up and he, 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 he did what he was supposed to do and made some shots, um, which that's not usually his job. But to, to, to wait all these years and then to win it with such a beautiful group of, of kids like Bowen and Tyler and Scott, who I'd had for so many years, and then to have my son be part of a team, it's like a pinnacle that I was like, I don't want to spend the next 10 years um, dragging my feet in the mud. And, and I wanted to, to, to be done on a high note, you know, and obviously this group was seniors this year and I wasn't, <laughs> I, I, I've told everybody, I said, I, I, I have a great relationship with Grant. I don't think I could look him in the eye and say, hey, Grant, Bowen's gone. So um, I'm not going to stick on for your senior year to coach you because uh, Bowen's not here. So I don't think that would have went, went over. Actually, if you knew Grant, he'd probably be like, eh, whatever, dad, you can. <laughs> That's just kind of his demeanor. I'm ready to but, somebody else anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he just, he, he's pretty, that's probably why he made those shots. Like he's pretty, pretty level. Um, and so, but in closure, I just, I, I, I think it was a perfect time for me. And I don't want to, I have such great memories and I'm so proud of, not only what we've accomplished on the floor, but what we've accomplished, you know, some of my most proud things um, is actually, uh, and, and hopefully as, as maybe you continue to talk to other people, um, I, I know Brian is a perfect example of this. And, and you'll talk to other coaches that, that culture has just become such a big part of high school basketball. And that's something I've been kind of banging the drum on for a long time not saying I'm the only one by any stretch of the means, but it's just something that's been important to me. And so kind of to be able to sit back and, and, and be a fan and watch all these guys that, you know, I've, I've admired from afar. And some of them, you know, when, when you're coaching against a lot of guys that you used to be players coaching against, it's like, you kind of know it's, it's maybe time. And, and I'm just so proud of the work a lot of these guys are doing. And I just want to sit and admire them and um, enjoy that. And enjoy my kids time. You know, I don't want to get to where um, I, I told you about my family and, and they're all really involved in activities. And I, I want to just enjoy them. And I had my daughter, one of my daughters. So, so one of them plays basketball, one doesn't. And one was fortunate enough to, to start and play for our girls team as a freshman. And, you know, I had to go in at halftime of each one of our games to go and do our pregame talk and get all our stuff ready. So I missed, you know, our second half of almost all our games this year. And when I when we were all done and this was all kind of, you know, you know, said and done, she just had a little moment with me where she just came and she goes, you know, Dad, I've loved watch Oat, but I'm really glad you're going to pay more attention to me. And that that like because at the end of the day. I've been taking a lot of time to give to other people, which has been amazing because all those connections and relationships are amazing. But you guys know this at your core, uh, you, what you care about most is, is those kids. direct family. Yeah. Your kids. So, yeah, well, I guess completely understandable. Um, and so that was a, that was a good enough answer for us, I suppose. Um, <laughs> kudos to you, you know, honestly, because, you know, we don't necessarily or haven't necessarily talked to talk to any of these people on the podcast, but, you know, you spend too much time doing something when you're not really into it um, right. or, or when, you know, maybe you don't want to want to be doing as much as you used to. Um, you know, like you mentioned, kind of dragging your feet, it's going to be, you know, maybe one of those deals where it maybe maybe draws you away from the game. And, uh, you know, that's obviously not what anybody wants either. So kudos to you for that. 
Well, I, th- I thank you for saying that because it is important. I think everybody should think about that too. Is kids deserve better. You know what I mean? That um, I, I can tell you this, that for 24 years, I have put my heart and soul into it. But if I knew with, with this group being gone, that I was going to even be at 95%, then that's not fair to those kids. And, and you know what, hopefully, I, you know, it, we'll, we'll see, they still haven't hired, but whoever comes in and is that next guy, um, he deserves the opportunity uh, to, to go do that because uh, he will do it a hundred percent. Right. Right. Yep. Yeah. Good stuff, coach. Well, um, Hey, we'll, we'll get you out of here. Uh, we like to end our podcast with a little section called rapid fire. Uh, yeah. We're going to hit you with a couple questions, some about basketball, some probably not. And uh, just, just uh, hit us with the answer. Okay. I, I heard these on a couple other ones. So I was, I was kind of excited about Here. this. That's good. That's well, good. good. Yeah. No, we, we don't venture too far away from the, the traditional ones either. So first one, uh, we always lead with this. What's your favorite visiting gym that you've coached in as a visitor? Um, I think Newton. Uh, you guys ever been to Newton? I, yeah, actually I have. And, and it's, it's acoustics are like, it gets really loud in there. And so do you remember a couple of years ago, Garrett Sturts and, um, yep. they had that good team that, that made it to 4A state and, yep. uh, Bowen and Luke, that was, that was their year. And we beat them in double overtime, like 109 to 104. Honest to God, it was like the, the best game ever. And it, it gets so loud in that gym. Um, Andy also, uh, Andy Howard, uh, when he took Des Moines East to state, I think it was an 07. I know they played Ollie for Oakmanesh as Iowa City West team. So whatever year he was a senior, um, that's when they got to, to go to state. So he, he maybe had a little, like he always told me how much he loved that gym. So that's the first one that comes to mind. That's great. No, I love that. Um, uh, been, been in the Des Moines area for a while. Where's the best pizza? Um, uh, Wigan Pen in Ankeny. Okay. Yep. Good the stuff. flying tomato. Oh yeah. That's uh, right. Isn't that what it's called? The, the one with the, I think that's called. Yep. Yep. No, okay. I, I, um, uh, having, having spent about nine months in Iowa city, I Wigan Pen in uh, Coralville is still obviously the, 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 the mothership, but that's a good one. A special shout out should go to brick house in, uh, in, uh, Indianola though. That's really good pizza. Okay. We like His daughter works there too. So there you go. There you go. I like Fun that. fact. Um, if you were not coaching and teaching, if uh, the path took you somewhere else, what would you be doing? Well, my dream job would be like to be the play-by-play guy for the Chicago Cubs. That, that was always like my, my dream to, to be the, like next to Pat Hughes or, you know. That's great. It kind of has to be league-based or that, so. Um, yeah, we'll go with that. Like radio and TV, something, you know, that's a commentator. Cool. Yeah, no, I was going to say you're, you're well on your way. I think you could, you could still, that's still maybe in your future. So, um, they, they, well, they picked up the radios just picked up Norwalk. So I got to do some of the football games this year and it was kind of fun. Okay, good. Cool. Um, all right. So Wells Fargo or vets auditorium. Ooh, gotta go with vets. Yeah. Gotta go with vets. I, I I agree with you there, hundred percent. I mean, so. there was nothing like the changing when they swoop the kids in, and, yep. and I'm have, not even from here. You know what I mean? I it was only vets for a few years, but just the, you know, and I'm not I'm not one to pick on Wells Fargo. I know you'd get different. 
but the atmosphere there is just not always. Now, the night we played Oskaloosa, and then who was it after us? It was Waukee and Ankeny. Oh, was it Ankeny. Yeah, Waukee yeah. and Ankeny that night. Yeah. No, because that was it, the, the year before. Oh, oh the, the year it was the year before. Um, it was. Uh, no, it was it was uh, Noah Carter's team. So it was Dubuque and oh, a local and, team. And yes, Kahoot, yes. Was it yeah. Waukee? No. Anyways, yeah. it was packed there, though. Like, so, and you remember that was the first year they did all four title games together. So a lot yeah. of people were staying. That, and we were right in the heart of, because, you know, being the third game was kind of the, the perfect. I'm not going to lie. That was a pretty fun one. And in 09, when we played in the state title game, we played Gila, but. I think we still have like the record for the worst blowout in three A championship. Dylan <laughs> whooped us, but uh, then Harrison Barnes and McDermott played the next game, so it was also a packed house and packed to see us get whooped, though. <laughs> that's that's hilarious. Yeah, I went I went that night that uh, Ames played, and they had the top level open. Yeah, remember that? That was yeah, something. So that was that was. Something I think that's still the biggest crowd. They say was. Was for the, the basketball was that yeah that that double header yeah it was for that. us too come on Brian. yeah yeah that, that, was a, <laughs> that was a special night but uh i still don't i mean it didn't matter who was playing over at vets so if you if you didn't have an opportunity yeah. to experience that that was one of a kind that's for sure so um all right so uh favorite sports movie to do oh man I'm going to go with. Sounds like you're a little bit of a baseball guy. So there's. A yeah. That, I mean, I'm just, I, 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 Bull Durham. We'll just go there. Okay. We'll yeah. go there. I was trying to come up with something a little bit more unique and we'll just go with Bull Durham. Um, yeah. It's a good one. Yep. No, absolutely. So. Um, all right. So, so next year, um, now that, uh, obviously you'll be retired and we'll be have fans back when Adam and I come down to Norwalk, uh, where, where are you taking us to eat before we go to the game? Heck yeah. Um, well, I mean, you can go, it depends. We, we have a couple, um, El Dorado is a wonderful Mexican food place. Um, might be a little something different for you. Um, there's a drought house here. I, I never know if I say that right. That's the only problem with that. I never know if it's draft house or draught house or so i just try and um and uh there's uh pyra pizza which is, is a really it's like that um um like brickstone pizza okay so i think we'd, we'd go to one of those spots and and uh get you ready and you know you guys really need to come though next year before we get the new gym okay have you have you ever been to our gym I have. Yeah. Not for, so you know what it's it though. Next year, I think is the last year they're in it and maybe one more. I can't remember if it's going to be, and they're building this new, but it's not going to be the same. And let me ask you, I mean, how needed is this facility? I mean, you guys have great facilities. Is it, am I missing something or what's the deal? Our basketball? Yeah. I, and maybe it's a shooter. Maybe, maybe cause I like the shooters backdrop and stuff, oh. but now, I'll tell you, there's no better game at Like, if you were asking some of the other teams from our conference the question you asked me about, I think a lot of them would say, like, it is so fun. And it was weird this year. We were talking to uh, Blaine Forsyth when, when Pella came here, and we were talking. He's like, so I think he graduated in 2010. He's like, I have never been in this gym where it hasn't been packed between us. 
like, because it was no, he's like, I've just, you know, as a player and now he's an assistant coach where he's like, I've never been where it hasn't been like standing room only jam packed. And so that's going to lose a little, you know, it's going to be this cool new little, you know, uh, stadium, but I'm telling you what the memories that, that, that this old place has is, is pretty awesome. Yeah, no, and we've talked about that here too. Is these new arenas are great, but even going back to the vets, I mean, there's something to be said about these right. little gyms. I, if if we could just keep the gym and maybe update the locker rooms and the weight room and some of right. that stuff, like then I think we'd be on to something. I think I think a remodel uh, in the practice. Facility, I mean, it's hard for practice and stuff. Yep. You know, we got 75 guys out for basketball, and and our gym is not very yeah. big yeah especially when we're trying to socially distance of course yeah that makes it even worse so <laughs> well all right coach last one to get you out on then um a little bit different because normally we ask what's your favorite thing about but what was your favorite thing about being the head boys coach at norwalk is all the friends i made all and and you know um obviously first and foremost my my coaching staff and and those are i think I think I figured it out and there's like 26 guys that, that have come and gone and um, just some of my best friends and all really great relationships. And, and I've enjoyed that part. And then some, uh, all my players, different relationships, but some of them, some of them continue to be some of my best friends as they've grown into adulthood. And then even our adversaries, you know, one thing that was really cool to me always in our conference, um, we kind of, you know, we had a lot of success, like, there, there was a lot of proud teams in our conference and I kind of loved it that none of us like were great buddies, but like, it was like a respected rivalry. Like, you know, I'm sure like Lee would tell you like now that he's over with Indianola with Brett, who, who, you know, obviously we're really close to, but like when you tip it off, it's like, you guys know what it's like to like, that's the, that's what it's all about. Uh, I always say it reminds me of, do you remember uh, Hulk Hogan in, uh, in Rocky? There, that maybe is my favorite sports movie is Rocky, the Rocky <laughs> trilogy. Um, but you know how Hulk Hogan goes crazy and Rocky's like, what's wrong with you? I said, that's kind of what basketball should look like to me is you should go a little crazy and then you're a different guy once the, the, the horn sounds and then you're back to being. And so uh, those friendships that I made um, with the adversaries and, and even a lot of the players that, w- that I've coached against that I think um, – if, if you look at this and you go back this full journey and a kid from Wisconsin who didn't know anybody and then goes and just be a manager and at Drake and like is a, just kind of worked his way up, but now through hard work and, and I think treating people the right way has just developed a lot of great relationships with people. That makes me pretty proud. And it's a great story, and we we appreciate you taking some time and, and jumping on and sharing some nuggets uh, for not only us but for our listeners. And so uh, we really appreciate it, and, and thanks a lot, Coach. Well, I, I really mean this. Thanks for the work you guys are doing. I, I told you this at the start. I I just love um, – I love listening to you guys, but I also love the work that you're doing. I, I don't know if you're going to have like an NBA uh, trade deadline one coming up here, but uh, with that between – the NBA trade deadline, and now with the transfer portal, uh, Coach Watson from Indianola was talking. He's like, I want to see this portal, like, where all these – and he goes, it's probably not nearly as as cool as it, what's in my head. But um, talk about a lot going on in hoops right now for a hoop 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 person. Um, but I, I really mean it. Like, what a great, like, um, um, 
just uh, opportunity for for those of us who love basketball to get to listen to you guys and interact some. And I know I know you'll I'll be listening to you guys, and, and I just look forward to to get continue to to get to hear your thoughts. Well, awesome, awesome. We're glad you finally started listening to us. I know. I'm sorry. I have a certain coach on there, or whatever it was, but we're happy we did, and we're happy to have you listening. <laughs> I'm just a ding dong, really, is what it comes down to. Most of the time, I'm like just like because I, I, I said that I was like I don't know why I haven't been listening this longer. We'll have to we'll have to take that up with our marketing department and see what's yeah. Who's your marketing director? You got to get on that. Yeah, I'll send an email tonight, Brian. We're good. <laughs> Um, well, yeah. And as Brian said, coach, we, we definitely appreciate it, man. It was, it was just, uh, you know, super fun to watch your teams the last couple of years, especially, um, and awesome to hear that, you know, the retirement is, you know, something that was wanted and, you know, you have, have, um, have a lot of good reasons to, to actually do that. So that's awesome. Um, we appreciate that. And, uh, our listeners, obviously too, uh, we appreciate you. If uh, you think we're a five-star podcast, give us a five-star rating wherever you catch us. Um, you can catch it on social media as well. Uh, search the Shooters Touch on Facebook, Shooters Touch IA on Twitter and Instagram, and our new website, ShootersTouchPodcast.com. And as usual, Shooters Shoot. Had a bounce back, was right in my mind. Hustling harder than ever before. Saying I change because I like when I shine. The diamonds are different like Mike and his prime. I got the Shooters Touch. Can't nobody ball like me.